Today, we welcome Julia Canero, who is the founder of Amplify, an inclusion tech organization with a mission to provide education for children around the world who are deaf or suffer from hearing loss. Julia found that she was spending more and more time finding resources to help her son, who was found and born profoundly deaf. As she investigated more, she was shocked at how many children around the world were affected by hearing loss, many of whom had no access to support. This was the spark that gave life to Amplify. Today, we're going to be talking about what it means to bootstrap an international GEO and her journey in finding resources to support her son. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Ashley. It's wonderful to be here. Yes, so you're doing really, really incredible work, and I'd love to hear more about your journey getting to this point. So can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do and how you got here? What was what was the journey like? Well, um, as you know, I'm a mom of three young children, 10, 8, and 5, and my youngest son was born with a hearing disability. So um, working in parallel and supporting him, but also working in the corporate world was becoming a bit much. So I decided until recently, um, I was working at Credit Suisse as a team lead. So I decided to um, end that and focus on my family and focus on Amplify to help children with who are affected with a hearing disability. Because I just through the journey with my son, we've learned so much with him and about him that I feel that, you know, it would be important to share that information with other families who, who are going through the same experience. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Tell us a bit about Amplify. What do you do? Um, what what sort of programs do you offer? Tell more about us about the, the organization. So Amplify, we're well established. We're in, but still in the startup phase. Uh, we've accomplished one year and we've got a core team going. But in this phase, I'd call it the roundup phase, where you know, rounding up uh, further team members, rounding up content, fundraising, and um, you asked about the type of content that we would like to provide. Um, the idea is to have an international platform. And um, first, I want to get it right on a national level. So we're based in Zurich in Switzerland, and I'd like to focus that here first. So when I get that good basis and it, a good foundation, then to scale it internationally. And my idea is to provide information, short learning nuggets with best, not only best practices, but tested practices that are in schools so that other schools that have, if a new child comes into a classroom who has a hearing disability, the teachers have a place to go to and say, well, okay, who do I contact? I don't just have to go and Google what kind of information to find, but I have a reliable source. Because many times you don't know what, if you're, what you find on the internet. Is it nice to have? Is it reliable? Has it been tested? And you don't want to lose resources on trying to get that right. So this this way, it's a reliable source for teachers, for parents, for caregivers to approach when they have a child with a hearing disability. That's wonderful. And can you share a bit about your journey with 
watching your son, learning your son about his own hearing loss experience. So what were the signs that you noticed? And if you're a parent, like, how do you go about if you notice some things that are happening with your child? Where, where would you even start? Well, you know, for us, it started when my son was born. Um, he had to go, they have, it's mandatory to have a newborn hearing screening. And he failed his test. But, you know, it was given to symptoms like, oh, he has what he was born early, or he has water in his ears, or the machine is not working, or the clock is too loud, you know, all sorts of reasons. And we thought, oh, okay, it's a formality. We'll just go time to time, month for month, and get this test done. But really, then after six months, we decided, hey, you know, he's not passing any of these tests. We have to keep getting them interrupted and keep going back month for month. Let's just get it put behind us. So we agreed to have him sedated and have the ABR test. The ABR is a, a test that sends sound to the hearing nerve and to the brain to see how fast they come back. And um, during this test, they found out that, or we found out that he had profound hearing loss. He was close to death. So he's, he had just very little hearing loss. And this whole time we were thinking, okay, this is just a formality to get this test done. Let's go get it done and it, we're done with it. And, you know, the doctors would ask us, do, do you feel like he can hear you? Does he move when he when loud sounds are there? And we would ob observe him and we would say, yes, of course. But, you know, I think it was wishful thinking, you know, maybe there was wind, maybe, it, you know, other senses are heightened because it, he can't hear. So maybe he was just turning because he could feel it or, you know, sense that something was happening around him, but it wasn't because he could hear it and that it was black and white on paper. So it was a real shocker for us to find out. And then the whole journey starts from there because, I mean, yes, you you know, we've never encountered hearing loss. We Nobody in our family is affected by it. So we, we've had very little contact with this topic. And so it was, it was quite a shock uh, for us to find out about his hearing loss. But... You know, and, and living in Switzerland, we have a, a good healthcare system. So the support comes to us. And thankfully, we honestly, that everything gets set up for us. Okay, he gets his hearing aids. Does it work? Does it not work? They'll, we learned that the brain has to adjust to the sounds because as an infant, you hear in the womb and after birth, you're always hearing, but my son had never heard anything. So when he first got his hearing aids, for example, we had to be careful not to make them too loud too soon because otherwise it would be too much for him. It would startle him and his brain had not had, had that chance to adjust to growing with that sound. And so it's, a, it's really a, a long learning phase and we're still in it because, you know, he's got the, after 13 months, he got a cochlear implant and he's improving and he's learning to speak now, but he's really they call it the hearing age. It's he's really behind his peers. You can see that he's now he's starting to he's five years old and he's starting to talk a lot. And we we learn to celebrate each word that he says, you know, something we took for granted all the time with my older children. And now we learned what it means, you know, for him to learn each word, to pronounce each word, to understand each word, what it actually means and not just hear it. That's incredible. And it makes me wonder as well, you know, when you are a parent and you might notice some things in your child, it's just being 
you know, believed by the doctors and others who are there because there's always that sort of like tiny bit of, of like, well, you know, like you said, it could be the machine, it could be, you know, X, Y, and Z and trusting that feeling in yourself of, Hey, you know, I think something might be, might be wrong. Um, in Pittsburgh, we have um, the center for deaf and hearing services. And oftentimes we see adults most of the time, really it's adults. And so the landscape for youth with hearing loss, I'm sure, you know, Amplify is, is really bringing all that, you know, together and creating yes. resources. Yes. And, it, you know, it's really important to know that it's not only at, my son was affected from birth, but there are children who I see or I hear about stories where there's something called sudden sensorial hearing loss that you can just wake up one day and you don't, ha you can't hear on one side. And I remember we were at a playground and there was a gentleman there also with cochlear implants and we don't see, we hadn't seen it so often uh, at that point. So my kids came running to me and say, oh, you know, he also has a cochlear implant. Do you see that? So we, we started talking to him and we said, so how was your journey? You know, you're adults. How is it working with him? And he said, you know, I've been hearing all my life. And I woke up one day and I was, I, everything was gone. I couldn't hear anything. And then he went to the audiologist and, and had his hearing test done and he had this sudden hearing loss mm -hmm. and it can happen at any age. And it's not to scare anyone, but it's important to know that these hearing tests at different intervals should be conducted because time is so important for my son. If he had it any later or, you know, each month, each day, he's losing time to for his brain to adjust for him to develop language skills which develop his cognition and if we lose that time it's so difficult to work backwards you'll always hang back you know it's first of all you have to catch up because you're already back behind but you just you just take another step back which is so difficult absolutely and representation is so important i remember when they did they came out with the uh the barbie doll and she had uh, the hearing aid um, yes. being so important. I'm sure for so many young people to see that it's like, wow, I see someone that looks like me. Exactly. Exactly. And you'd see it more in cartoons and uh, movies. You'll see more children with disabilities or individuals with disabilities. It's wonderful because, you know, it, it is part of our society. And by seeing it also on the screen, seeing it in toys, you make, you feel, okay, you know, that I'm, is I have a disability, yes, but that's it. It's only my disability and their toys and everything that I can relate to. So it's wonderful. Absolutely. When we were discussing, you know, what to to talk about here, one of the things you mentioned was, you know, bootstrapping international NGO. Can you touch on that and describe what that means? Because it's such an interesting topic. So when I when I, um, I'll go back to when my son was born and we were learning about his, his disability and learning about him. And, you know, it came time for him to go to kindergarten. So we started talking to kindergarten teachers and asking, okay, or they would ask us, what do we need to know if he came to our school? Because, you know, the, we live in a small village and uh, the children are assigned to kindergarten. So there are three or four we know the teachers well because our the older two went to two different kindergartens so they would ask us we noticed there was a lack of information and a lack of services and 
yeah and and also lack lack of funds so you know that's what gave the spark to amplify and so to i didn't want to wait for someone to do that for me i decided i'm going to take it in in my hands and do it myself um because you know otherwise it's just waiting to for it to get done and um so I decided, okay, this was the spark that gave life to Amplify and to bootstrap it, you know, take it in the hands. It, there's a lot of work and it's an amazing learning curve because there's so much that goes into it. I never, you know, I thought, okay, we provide information, but what does that mean? You have to have reliable partners. You have to go for fundraising. There's IT and, you know, I joke around with my friends because I'm like, well, today I'm going to take my IT hat or tomorrow I'm going to be marketing or maybe... In between, I'm going to do communication. You know, there's so many aspects to this uh, having and making it an international platform, which is really important to me because I noticed that even though we have an excellent healthcare system here and we do have the information, there's still a lot of gaps. And I, you know, being in a rich country, I thought if we have, if I feel that there the, those gaps, what did, what about the other children? in poorer countries, what do they get on information? And so this was really important to me from the get-go to make it an international platform because I feel we can learn from each other. Each country is so far different in their journey with dealing with the disabilities that we can, why focus on our, only on our country? We can share information, test other practices, what works in the States might, we'll just test it. Otherwise, we're so in our routine of doing what we've always done, but it would be nice and refreshing to say, okay, this works well in the States, for example, so let's try it here. Did it work? Wonderful. Did it not work? Why? What is the difference? So we can share and learn together and improve together. And this is my aim for, uh, to help children with disabilities and amplify. Oh, I love that. And speaking of, you know, empowering young people, given all of your your experiences, you know, what advice do you have maybe for young women or um, young people in general who maybe they see a problem in their community, they want to create a solution, maybe they're interested in starting their own NGO. What what are some things maybe that you wish you knew or what advice do you have for those people? Well, I'll keep it to uh, like three, a best of three. I'd say if you're passionate about something, go for it. Because, you know, when you're passionate about something, you you put your heart into it. You're determined. You build, you build confidence. You don't give up. Um, leading from that, I'd say have patience. Because, you know, it's not always going to be easy. So you have to be patient. And, yes, there will be obstacles that come our way. And maybe, you know, waiting for responses, waiting for fundraising, waiting for reply, you know, or or other obstacles, hurdles, uh, difficulties that we run into. But if you have the patience and see it's something positive, then you have to see it through. So it, it gives you another like a push because you're positive. You have a positive energy going into dealing with the obstacle. And it's a, it's a, it's a learning curve. And my, my third tip would be um, don't hate anything. You know, there are a lot of sometimes the administrative things. Sometimes, for example, on my website, simple edits sometimes seem to take so long. But, you know, even that, I try not to hate. You try to be learn it, be good at it. And then maybe somebody else was struggling. Then you can share that so that you share 
what you've learned and and be, become better at it. So not, it's not worth it to hate it because if you start hating things, you, have, you build that negative, oh, you see it, I don't want to do it. Just tackle it and get it done. And then slowly, actually, you become better at it. And yeah, it'll become easier. Oh, I love that. And I, I agree. Sometimes those simple edits on a website or something, it's like, how is this not working? Because it's like, it seems like the nice <laughs> thing. And in the long run, it's like, well, thinking about, you know, the mission of the organization, even if this is taking me, you know, five extra minutes, it, you know, someone being able to see that on the website, it's going to really help them. And maybe sometimes the person won't even care if there's an extra space in between something. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's also about getting over that being a perfectionist because yeah. it's like, okay, that, no, it has to sit, but you sometimes it's good to let go because sometimes that's the hardest part to yeah. say, okay, it's good, you know, it's good <laughs> as it is, but let's leave it. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, you know, for your time and, and joining us. And I'm so excited for people to not only learn about you know, amplify and we'll include all the links and everything, but also to raise awareness for hearing loss because it is a really significant issue and to to connect it more with, with young people because oftentimes adults are seen as the ones that, you know, have had it for a significant amount of time or they've had it for um, however long, but it's becoming more and more prevalent in young people, especially with headphones and all of the things that we're <laughs> putting in our ears. <laughs> it's so true. You know, I never really thought about it. Like only recently I thought, you know, I learned that even like you mentioned the headphones, if young people, we put the volume up and if your headphones don't sit right, you actually you can damage your hearing so that later you have that effect. And it's like, it's, I wish that there was like these information. So this is what we are planning to do is constantly raise awareness and just so that people are aware, you know, and have an understanding of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I so appreciate your time. Thank you for having me, Ashley. It's wonderful.